I believe people give each other what they want. Hello and welcome to another episode of Read Me Something You Love. My name's Steve Wasserman and today the poet Marcus Solis is here sharing with us a really interesting poem by Joanne Kiger called The Wonderful Focus of You. This poem was written in 1977 over a period of a year in uh, diary-like increments. Uh, it's a longish poem made up of shortish, moorish segments, a bit like the sort of oral equivalent of peanuts or, or Bombay mix, so I think it'll hold you for 10 minutes. If not, focus or dream. Um, one gets the feeling that Kiger and indeed her her uh, loving reader Marcus Solis are quite okay with letting the poem drift in and out of consciousness, you know, sort of more jazz than spiritual sermon. So over to you, Marcus, for the reading, and then we're going to have a chat about the poem after that. The Wonderful Focus of You by Joanne Kiger, 1977. I've had this dream before, the continuity just like wild radish kingdom drop their seeds all over, times to sit with the tidings. February 14th. Tuesday morning on Evergreen, here at home in wisps of spider plants, I cross to the neighbors past February blues, and I know this is my focus to meander. For days around here, around the candelas, now happily receded next to their old roots. Shabby lady, you mixing up my time and changes of who I am, and it's all in the teeny, trembling world. February 15th. Want to go in dream space, go to sleep while buzz, buzz over this resting form reforms the information of all the days before. Interior wanderings pass all this time with Scarlatti's new piano notes that go on into time, floop, flop, plop, into messy plot. Didn't get me out there to strut my stuff enough of these hours of middle afternoon wandering. February 16th. Bell time. Who are these nameless men? Food. They are food. Yeah, off into the raptures. March 1st. At the bookstore, what am I going to do? Whatever am I going to do? I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. March 2nd. Green Tara, you mysterious adventurer reaching under my pillowcase, torn into the charming fertility of dreams, the awful emptiness of you. Who won't let me come to your heart downtown? I'll go and let the cold unfold. March 3rd. Some kind of sleeping form, some kind of bleary, beery, baited breath, no more of coming home. Somehow in rhapsody out there in the night, the diamond bracelet makes its light. March 15th. Hello, nice moon face, 
reverie. You aren't the only part of the mysteries that move through the airs as interim in time that moves over and over again in the day down the street and up again. March 24th. Inside rainy book day, wish you were here. My dog has fleas, my dreams, my dreams. Last night, I'm never going to say last night again. March 23rd. I love today, way back in the rooms, way, way back. So loco dias quere, I am that which God wants the wonderful focus of you. March 25th. Echoes of the many corridors. Actually, they aren't echoes, but combined reruns of what's out there comes back. And boy, am I tired. Rains a little, sun comes up, rains a little more. I believe people give each other what they want. Brilliant quince and bloom, the wonderful focus of you. Watershed and cosmos, still this April 7th. I'm the bodhisattva of this day. Yeah. April 8th. How can I be so awful? April 15th. What a week. Compassion, hate, hope, illness in the thick, on the edge, over the edge, on the other side. Back on this side again, my friend, we meet again. April 17th. Beauty stands back, dress up for the model, all these little adornments, the earrings and beads, hats and scarfs, days drift by in the world, daytime, nighttime, daytime, performing the functions of living. I'm asking you over, over here, wet Pacific cruising. April 30th. Cat stretched out before $50 worth of propane, loose, with such surprising subjectivity. I must have been born before to have learned all these thought forms itself over and over in delicious little scenarios. From the north, the blue-headed wind, goddess, remember her with the rest of her six compatriots, I mean her six companions, the yoginis, and another six from the west, and six from the east and the south too, all imposing and strong and bearing the heads of animals. The mighty goddesses are thought forms, are okay, convulsed with laughter. Oh, is that what you look like? Oh, the white rock rose is blooming. Ah. Bihagavan das tones through noon and after. May 2nd. At 2. Good Lord, I've been breathing all day, for which I thank you, and yawning and arose swimming and sleeping upon the warm waters of the ocean on my way to shore towards you. May 11th. This day blooms auspiciously in gray. Something will happen if we let it. Everything happens no matter what we decide. That just lets it go, doesn't it? Waiting and tidying for your arrival. My friends, I thank you all for what accompanies me. My Lord, take me to the voice and let it float. 
I will sustain you. The door is always open, unlimited and unceasing, like the sky. July 21st Yesterday the heron covers the sky in front. That's a good sign, and hummingbird wants to come in this morning's back door. Wake up! I'm over here. Utmost uproars of emotion. Owl on the rooftop. Buddha in the front seat. More on Thursday. And then, not so much more, but it's Thursday again. An electric enlightenment is in Pacific blue air pelicans dive. And I'm the kundalini snuggle that moves on the mount of baby fawn spots. Leap into the crazy arms of the impassionata, utterly consumed. August 1st. Bruised. I am totally bruised. Full moon comes up as the ground rises up under, stronger than I am. Wap, wap, wap. And then I die, but I don't really die, even a small death. And I come through anyway, an episode of arrival. Fuck it, is it? Is this a battle? War makes on July 31st, the summer of 77. Help! Is this heaven or hell or summer camp? where all is well. August 9th. Nowhere but here, absolutely accurate aim in the new sound of rain, and little whispers in the wind, or words that say names. No yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Woman looks at Nam, gets big dive bombers from heaven. This about the time I start to take a shower, and lose two lines, which may come back. And this the time when I start the dinner curry with tomatoes or not. August 16th. Get over it or get under. One sits and thinks alone, many thoughts, trailing the whimsical garments of time. Great thoughts of him, ahem, say goodbye, release me so I can love again. What's for lunch? What's for breakfast? What's for gut stretch? Shucks. Say it, brother. I want to be free and walk away from your smile and feel okay after a while. September 5th. September Monday, Labor Day. Bakery opens. Red biplane and blue sky does a display for Bolinas. Kent Island, Silver Spider, Lime in Pine Tree. Go home alone. September 15th. Oh, this visage of the divine honors, the very embodiment of aristocratic loveliness, lotus-seated, insensate in a whirlwind of desire, the swinging music, slide guitar, and now brief September. Sun ends after sixes rising, coastal bands of fog. October 11th. Oh well, it's a gray day. I paid all my bills. I'm not in debt to anybody. Little birds rustling, but I can't see them. Huh? What's wrong? On October 11th, 1977, with me, this heart that belongs to body, speech, and mind, 
tied with a scarlet cord around the neck of the high Himalayas. I'm inventing this emotional life of place. Meanwhile, back in young man paradise across the street, everybody wants a car, and I'm drinking gin in the just about closed out occult mesa of dusk new moon, waiting to be called up in the fire of the new season. November 5th. A preserver, a taker care of where is my earring, wire and early morning rush of gato, Babari brings great I love you to the romantic soul. The shower is running. Election day. There is no better place. Sink into the great peacock graced hour. December 20th. Warm gray overcast and rushing winds of morning take me to the empty space inside of worn out blues. Fooey. Full Pacific moon. Time is a nice thing to go through. Great, thank you. So Marcus kind of takes us through the poem, through the year, and I mean that that, that line when you finish the poem time is a nice thing to go through it, it really sort of seems to resonate it's like it's like a, it's like the sound of a gong isn't it it's mm. kind of has all these reverberations um i mean how does that how does that line resonate back through the poem for you mm. um i think for me <clears throat> one of the things that kind of drew me to to Kiger was her use of the the personal um, to get out of a restricted kind of self, so a kind of larger self, right, that's moving through time, the flow of time. So when I get to the end of the poem and I read that line, it helps me kind of reflect on my own experience with time as well, in terms of what happens to me, you know, on days, on, on, mm. a, on a daily basis, um, and kind of getting into that flow of time and, and a, a light kind of touch that she has with time and with the personal through this kind of uh, diary mode, you know, and, and day by day, everyday things, big things, little things, uh, trivial things, um, maybe profound things, all mixed in there in that flow of time and just going going through it, right, which is, which is life, right? So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I think it, it kind of resonates for me on a personal level, my relationship with time, and also makes me want to go back to the beginning of the poem and experience it again as well so it kind of creates that loop as well mm. the word nice i think it's nice that she uses <laughs> the word nice in this kind of very direct unadorned way and that's mm. also kind of part of the voice isn't it it's mm. just if you want to say nice you say nice mm. you don't think of a of a <laughs> more highfalutin kind of term mm. what i mean what makes this what makes the reading of the poem nice because i mean mm. you were you were enjoying reading it for me, one of the things that I enjoy about the poem a lot is um, how it's really tied into speech so much for me. Like I can hear this voice quite strongly when I'm reading it. Um, so whereas, you know, when I first came to poetry, I often thought it had to be in, in a certain kind of language that was foreign from me, um, a kind of um, elevated language that I don't hear around me every day. Um, that's maybe in the textbooks from 19th century or something, and that's that's what poetry is. It's something that's removed from everyday speech. Whereas uh, Kiger and others um, 
you know, in the 19, from the 1950s on, it's kind of taken back this kind of vernacular speech. I suppose one problem with a poetic sequence like this is, and, and I can imagine for somebody maybe listening, listening to it, not having read it, or even having read it, is that like the like it's sort of the end of a year you get to the end of the year and you think well what was that about and it was just this all this stuff right, um right. you could get to the end of this mm. this sequence and go whatever in mm. a way so i was wondering if maybe we could we could kind of hone in on mm. perhaps a section that mm. really hits it for you in some way or another yeah yeah that's a good idea um let's take a look so March 25th, echoes of the many corridors. Actually, they aren't echoes, but combine reruns and what's out there comes back. And boy, am I tired. Rains a little, sun comes up, rains a little more. I believe people give each other what they want. Brilliant quince in bloom, the wonderful focus of you. So I think for me, when I'm reading that uh, March 25th entry, um, the idea of corridors and the echoes of corridors and time, I think right away kind of stands out as you know a thread that runs through all of these, actually, the idea of time. And we end with the idea of time, living through time. Um, and the echoes, you know, what are the echoes exactly? Um, you know, if we're in the moment, if, that, if that's, you know, for me, that's an ideal that, you know, maybe never realized fully, but... There's also an echo as well in the many quarters and the choices that we make. Um, hmm. And how do, how, do we, how do we live fully in the moment but still have those echoes behind us, right? In terms of memory, in terms of choices or regret or anything else, you know, that can kind of make us feel heavy. Um, what do we do with that? Hmm. <laughs> and I think it starts off with that idea maybe. And I mean, echoes, the, the way she presents the echo here the echo can be something benign but it can also be almost like a kind of a groundhog day Mm. um you know they aren't echoes but combine reruns Mm. of what's out there comes back Mm. and boy am i tired Mm. i mean we were talking a little bit before we Mm. started recording about you know the sort of the 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 excess and the surplus of the internet Mm. you know that everything's being um, appropriated and echoed and rerun and reinstigated in some way or another, and it's and it's and it's kind of tiring. It's sort of too much. Yeah, yeah. There's a saturation, right? Yeah. Um, even more so than in 1977, when the, when this was written, we have these these echoes and quarters and information overloads. Um, what what's out there comes back, um, which is another way of saying, I guess, you know, nothing new under the sun, kind of thing, right? What, out there comes back Mm. um and and tiring definitely i mean whether it's you know the the technology that we have that we can get saturated with information overloads and you know think we're being hit you know all the time in terms of mentally you know being bombarded with information um or or personally in terms of what we might think of as personal history or memories or whatever's going on in our minds is a kind of on a loop or a rerun if we stop and listen (laughs) Oftentimes we have a, a chatter that's just continuous, right? Mm. Um, and it's a chatter that's reflected in this poem because, mm. I mean, this poem is in a way the 
it's kind of the chatter the chattering mind mm, yeah on I, the page isn't it I think so I think it's almost like a, a mind graph in a sense um, which I think you point out a really good thing when you a really good question or something to think about in terms of if this is a little bit of everything then how do we make something important out of that I mean what do we do with it is that you could get to the end like you're saying say well so what you know, what how do I connect with this but I think for me that that's one reason why I'm able to connect with it in the sense that I can put myself in here. I am the focus of this. This poem is the focus of me or you. The wonderful focus of you, the reader. Right, right. Uh -huh. So even though it's you know details from this particular person's life in here, um, I really get the focus of me, like a mirror is being held up to me. Like the text is a mirror reflecting me, in a sense. Hmm. Um, I don't know if that sort of makes so, sense. So, I mean, I suppose it's about whether, to some extent, when we read even the small section, hmm. you come away thinking this is wholly impressionistic maybe with that double play on the word holy um, wholly impressionistic or whether there is some waiting going on in terms of how the images are presented um, I think yeah I think for me there, there does seem to be um, a little bit of waiting as well I mean in terms of how she's structured it on the page for people listening, of course, they might not see it in front of them, but uh, definitely a sense of craft of the line um, of, of, you know, sonics of sound that she's, she's playing with as well. Um, and also images that we might think, or most people might think of as quite beautiful, you know, flowers blooming, um, the rain, you know, these kind mm. of nature images, these natural images that work their way throughout this um, and yet there's some quite oblique cuts as well. So mm. she, you know, you've got the corridors, you've got the reruns, be, being tired by that, the reruns of days, the rain, the sun, the, you know, or the, the seasons, etc., etc. But then suddenly mm. you have this declaration, I believe people give each other what they want. Mm. I mean, what, how does that connect up to the echoes and the seasonal flow? Hmm. Yeah, I think for me that that idea of the the seasons, the uh, the weather, right, um, is the uh, the sense that we can't predict it that it that it is always changing, and we, we can't really foot well. We can't predict it a little bit with some of our you know modern science with meteorology or whatever, but we can't really fully predict it. Like we can't fully predict anything. So it's the nature of the change, I think with the seasons you know the rain it rains a little sun comes up rains a little more right this is always ongoing and changing and, and if you try to try to grab it and try to control it that that might be where a lot of our suffering might lie in that attempt to control something so the idea of i believe people give each other what they want i think for me anyway um is the idea that um the focus of this is uh um you're giving something to someone but really what you're giving is reflecting back to you what do you think is the focus because if we are floundering and perhaps you know projecting onto joanne we might see her as floundering in some way um if we're kind of floundering floundering through the poem floundering through our lives mm -hmm. uh what brings the focus what is the focus what who is the you who or what is the you I think 
the you is really maybe everyone <laughs> who wants to come to this. I mean, um, could it also be the poem itself, mm. in the sense that the the page, the blank page? You know, mm. she's on a you know every couple of weeks she's returning to this journal or what, wherever she's writing this stuff, mm. and the only thing that gives all of this, you know, mulch a focus is this page hmm. that receives it hmm. yeah that's a good point too so you mean um, especially in a diary form we might often address the di dear diary right um, which this is the form that this is taking so yeah I could definitely see that as well you know dear diary or dear mm. you yeah this is the place that I come to to, to maybe you know practice this kind of writing this meditation maybe mm. um, so yeah I think the you could be the actual diary itself as well, yeah. So now, diary. now you, you, um, <laughs> Marcus, uh, you write um, sometimes these kinds of poems, these kinds of let's call them kind of diary poems. Mm. Uh, and I was just wondering what f what is the difference for you, but presumably also for someone like Kaiga doing something like this in writing it as a poem mm. as opposed to in writing this as prose. I mean, what would be the difference if she had sat down and written, you know, Dear Diary, I've been thinking today um, that, you know, life is a little bit like many corridors and, and actually developing an argument as opposed to this just sort of very impressionistic hmm. boom, buzz, bish, bash, bosh hmm. kind of thing. I mean, how, how yeah, does, what's, a, you know, hmm. do, you, do, do you actually write di prose diaries as well or do you write... I've done a little bit of both, a uh -huh. little bit of both. So, for example, what I'm working on now is um, writing the tubes and trains, and then, you know, for the last two years, actually, and recording conversations of people on the tubes, and, the, you know, the signs that are above me, the advertising, all of that stuff. Um, also, my own thoughts, memories, whatever's coming as I go from station to station. I commute for three hours every day on the on the tube. Um and and then you know some of it's prose some of it's you know quick little images and then when i get home i look through those notebooks and pick out the bits that resonate for me in some way whether it's the image or the sound or you know yeah often it can be random or, or unknown to me as i'm creating it so i think i have a little bit of prose and a little bit of poetry in the notebooks that i then use as collage for something like this in terms of it being different than actually writing, you know, putting this into prose and publishing it, um, I think it leaves a little bit more room possibly for kind of multiple approaches or ways into the language, maybe, um, with the poetry, uh, which is always the tricky thing. When I teach students and we have an art piece or something, and if it's, you know, something modern art and they, they have no experience with art, um, they've heard the line, well, you know, you get what you um, want to get from it, basically. And often the response is, but I could, I could have done that. <laughs> you know, what's so special about that? What's there for me to get? And, you know, can I make up anything I want? Um, I don't think this goes quite that far, but um, I think it's that invitation for the reader to come in and to make meaning with this kind of text in a diary form that makes it both a diary and poetry at the same time. You know, it, it's the everyday of the diary, but it's still inviting the, the reader in to actually actively participate in making meaning. Whereas if it was a journal entry, I think it would um, narrow down possible meanings, maybe. We would actually read it 
oh, this particular character is thinking about corridors and what corridors might mean in terms of memory, we would have one particular reading maybe that would come mm-hmm. through. So I think it's that multiplicity of meanings that comes through. Yeah, I really like that idea. It's a bit like, it's sort of, it's almost like it makes me think of, you know, Hansel and Gretel dro- mm. dropping the breadcrumbs mm. as they go through the mm. forest and we're walking behind them picking mm. up these these sort of crumbs of meaning mm. and I think you're right we wouldn't just pick up this crumb for example I believe people give each other what they want mm. if it was if it you know she's presented it as a, as a little as a little standalone mm. but if she had included it as some kind of prosaic line of argument mm. maybe we would feel that it was untouchable in some way mm. yeah yeah I think so I think um, the poetry I'm interested in most of the time anyway it definitely leaves open these questions or often open-ended um, and invites the reader or listener um, to participate in in the process of questioning and, and meaning and, and everything really so there you go. A big thank you to Marcus Solis for reading and introducing me to Joanne Kiger. If you've enjoyed JK, I think you'll really love Marcus's poetry too, which I feel shares with Kiger all that mystery and charm, that sort of self-scrutinizing, humorous, self-commentating, shifting in tone stuff that we get from the poem you've just heard. I mean, there's a real swing and heart in what he's doing with language, so check him out online and on paper if you can. Links up on the website for where to find more of Marcus. Until the next episode, take care and enjoy your going through of time. Take me to the empty space inside of worn-out blues. Fooey. Full Pacific moon. Time is a nice thing to go through.